Good morning, Heartland Church family. Thank you, Jerome and Paul Myers and Steve Gibney for helping in our worship this morning. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 4, verses 6 through 18. It says, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. We sing a song that really inspires me called Ancient Words. And uh, some lyrics from that song go as follows. Holy words of our faith handed down to this age came to us through sacrifice. Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ. Now, we're going to sing this song as our invitation song later. And it was so important to me that I went out and hired the York Concert Choir to help us sing it. I tried to call Chris Tomlin. Uh, He didn't return my calls. Uh, But we're very pleased to have the York Concert Choir here with us to sing. On on Tuesday mornings, there's a a small group of ours at Heartland who meets at Roxanne's Cafe on Tuesday mornings. And a question was posed recently to this small group. Are we thirsty for the Word of God? Are we thirsty for the Word of God? Last week, I introduced our goal for the year 2017 that we collectively as a church read 100,000 chapters in the Bible. Now, some of you are off to a great start already. You're on track with your reading. Some of you have even told me that you've read ahead. And some of you are like, John, if I read ahead, do I record those chapters too? First of all, I give them a hug. I'm like, yes, of course, record whatever chapters you're reading. If you read more than the requirements, that's just bonus, okay? So if you're reading more than 
reading the Bible in a year, what you're scheduled to do, that's great. Record those chapters too. Read even more than that. Feel free. And some of you are already behind, right? Okay? You miss a day and you're behind already. Just one day and you're behind. Then you miss two days in a row and you start to feel a little pressure, right? Some of you are in that boat. You miss three days in a row and you're starting to feel like, Man, why did I even try? I'm never going to do this. Well, if this is you, don't feel discouraged. There's still time to catch up. Our goal isn't for everybody in the church to read the entire Bible in 2017. Our goal is that we read 100,000 chapters. So even if you do fall behind, please keep telling us how many chapters you've read because that's important for us to reach the goal. And you've learned that reading the Bible every day, like three to five chapters a day, takes discipline. Just like it takes discipline to exercise on a routine basis. Just like it takes discipline to eat healthy. It takes discipline to read the Bible. Let's just face it. And especially in today's world, where we're more distracted than perhaps any time before. We have so many things calling for our attention that it's easy to draw our attention away from reading the Scripture. Well, our Scripture this morning was when Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, some of you may be well aware of the social barriers that Jesus breaks just by speaking to this woman. Jews and Samaritans, they, uh, they avoided each other like the plague. So Jesus, a Jew, talking to a Samaritan, was a big no-no. Jesus, a man talking to this woman out in the open in public, they weren't married, that was a big no-no. So he breaks a racial barrier, he breaks a gender barrier, and he also breaks a moral barrier talking to this woman at noon by the well. You see, most women, the normal routine was that the women get up early, And they all go to the well together early in the morning. Why? Well, there's two reasons for that. One, they simply avoid the heat of the day by going early in the morning. And two, you need water for all the rest of the day's chores, right? So the first thing you're going to do is go get water. So all the women, they not only go to the bathroom together, they go to the well together to get their water for the chores. Okay, That's just how it works. So when Jesus talks to this woman at noon, it's a big deal. What that likely means, pretty much all the biblical scholars agree that this woman was alone at the well at noon because she had been shunned by her peers. She couldn't go with the rest of the women, so she had to go by herself later in the day. Because of her actions and her decisions in life, she had become an outcast making the fact that Jesus was talking to her even more scandalous. And it's funny, when Jesus sees her, he opens the conversation with a plea for help from this woman. He asks this woman for a drink of water. And I think that's kind of like you asking, or that would be like a dentist asking you for a toothbrush. Okay? Shouldn't it be the other way around here, right? Who is Jesus to be asking this woman for anything? It should be the woman asking Jesus. 
If you were here last week, uh, you might remember how I said getting to know God was a gift because God willingly and graciously opens Himself up to us. He reveals Himself to us. So Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. So Jesus is basically saying, look lady, it's really you who need to be asking me for the drink. You're really supposed to be the thirsty one here. And Jesus says, just ask me. All you have to do is ask. Just ask. Come on. Please ask. I've got this unbelievable gift. Just ask me for it. Just ask. Come on. Please ask. Ask, 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 ask me for it. It's an unbelievable gift. Just think of all the people that Jesus healed because the people believed and they asked Jesus to heal them. And Jesus healed them. Please, just ask. Why can it be so hard for people to ask for a gift? Especially asking Jesus for the gift of living water. Well, our pride gets in the way, doesn't it? We don't want to ask for a gift. A lot of people, especially if they don't have to work for it or earn it, they don't want to ask for the gift. Now, I respect that attitude. There is honor in that. But when it comes to asking for the living water that Jesus has to offer, if you're a human being in this room today, you are not capable of earning it and working hard enough for it. You're not good enough. Face it, I'm not. I know I'm not good enough for it. It has to be a gift, freely given by God Himself. It has to be God's initiative. So the woman, the woman pretty much says, look, you don't even have a bucket. You can't give me any water at all. How are you going to give me living water? Man with no bucket, with no water. Well, they're standing by the well. And Jesus says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Wow. Now, that actually gets the woman's attention. Jesus is very persuasive here. And so, finally, the woman asks the question that Jesus has been waiting for. After some delay, the woman says, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty. I have to keep coming here to draw water in the heat of the day all by myself. So, there is Jesus' opening. Jesus' opportunity to give living water. To grant salvation, forgiveness of sins, and everybody lives happily ever after. And so Jesus says, go get your husband. Wait a second, what? How about, daughter, your, your sins are forgiven. Go and be healed. Go get your husband. Sounds like 
a change of subject to me, right? And quite rude at that. What does her husband have to do with anything? But you see, it wasn't a change of subject. Not at all. This woman, Jesus knows this woman was looking to quench the thirst of her soul, not from the Word of God, but from what she could find in the men in her life. There was a pattern here. So after the woman says, I don't have a husband, Jesus says, yeah, you're right. In fact, you've had five husbands, and you and the man you're with now, you're not married. The man in this woman's life has everything to do with what Jesus was trying to accomplish here in offering her living water. You see, the men in her life were a distraction. They were getting in the way of Jesus offering living water. Now, ladies, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever tried to quench the thirst of your soul in men? What men had to offer? Men, you too. How many of you have ever tried to quench the thirst of your soul with women? How about your career? What about your kids? Popularity? Beauty? Romance? Accomplishment? Good grades? Pats on the back the size of your home? The ornament on the hood of your car? Power? Money? Prestige? The number of Facebook friends you have? The number of Facebook likes likes that you get for your profile picture? How are you trying to quench the thirst of your soul? We're really not talking about water anymore, are we? All these things will leave you thirsty again and again. And in fact, if you worship these things that aren't the Word of God, that aren't Jesus, if you worship them and they come an idol, then they will eat you alive. They will chew you up and spit you out. They will spit you up and chew you out. They'll eat you alive. Are you thirsty for the Word of God? Where does the Word of God rank in all these things? Because they're all shouting at you. They're all saying, Hey, look at me. Look at me. You need me. I'm important. I'm what you need to quench the thirst of your soul. Is the Word of God, is Jesus just another drink in the fridge? Or is the Word of God the well from which you drink? The well from which you draw meaning? Eternal thirst. The quench for your eternal thirst. I'm going to offer you some questions. And depending on how you answer them, it could be a litmus test on what you are using to quench the thirst of your soul. And you might write some of these down if you're taking notes. What? This one is really important. you got to hear it. What or who occupies your thoughts? What or who occupies your time? 
Where does your money go? Who are you indebted to? What makes you angry and lose your temper? What makes you happy and fills you with joy and peace and comfort? If you ask your kids what is important in life, what do you think they'd say? Your answer to these questions are a litmus test to determine what or who you are using to quench your eternal thirst, the thirst of your soul. Have you ever you ever just been like really thirsty? I mean, not like... I mean, I could use a drink of water. I mean, like really thirsty, parched. Your mouth is dry. Your lips are chapped. You just need water. Well, the thirstier you are... Did, now listen, did you know this? The thirstier you are, the more sweet water tastes. For those who are really thirsty, when they drink water, they don't just sip it, they guzzle it. And it actually tastes sweet to them. Have you ever been that thirsty where water tastes sweet? Well, knowing the cost of what it took for us to have the water of life should make you appreciate this water of life. should make you thirsty for the Word of God. Holy words of our faith handed down to this age came to us through sacrifice oh heed the holy words of Christ if it weren't for sacrifice especially Jesus' sacrifice on the cross okay but also the hard work of those who preserved our holy scriptures knowing that that sacrifice should make you thirsty for the word of God You know, what a tragedy it would be if we didn't have the Bible. If we couldn't read Jesus' Word. Can you imagine what life would be like? What a tragedy that would be. So, in a little bit, we're going to sing this invitation song. Ancient words. And during this moment of worship, I want you to use that moment to restore your thirst for the Word of God. And I want you to use that moment of worship to commit yourself to reading Scripture. Okay? It's a great New Year's resolution. Well, later in John's Gospel, in John chapter 19, Jesus is crucified on a cross. He's beaten, he's bruised, he's bloodied, and he dies a cruel death on the cross. Moments before his death, he uses one of his last breaths to say, I thirst. Can you picture Jesus on the cross saying, I'm thirsty. His mouth is dry, he's parched, he's bloody, and he says, I thirst. John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch, held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up 
His Spirit. Jesus came to this earth for this very reason. To suffer and die and bleed and to thirst. And He did this for us. He did this because He took on the wrath of God that we deserve. We should have been the ones on the cross dying, saying, I'm thirsty, suffering, I thirst. Listen to how the prophet Nahum describes the wrath of God. I think this will give you an appreciation. Verses 2 through 6 of this first chapter. Nahum says, The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on His adversaries and keeps wrath for His enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. His way is in whirlwind and storm, and the clouds are the dust of His feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers, the Shan and Carmel wither, the bloom of Lebanon withers, the mountains quake before him, the hills melt, the earth heaves before him, the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire and the rocks are broken into pieces. The truth is, should have been us that endured this burning wrath of God. Should have been us saying, I thirst. But the good news of the gospel is that we're not thirsty, at least not for that reason. We don't thirst because we're exposed to God's wrath. Jesus did that for us. He took our place. We are free from sin. There is peace between us and God and there is forgiveness. Our thirst is not quenched by the sour wine of God's wrath, but by the sweet Word of God. By Jesus Himself. The Savior of the world. That's what the Samaritans called Jesus after they heard the, the woman's testimony at the well. He's the Savior, not of just the Jews or the Samaritans or the church, but of the world. The Savior of the world. Knowing the cost of what it took for us to have an opportunity at drinking the living water that will quench the thirst of our soul should fill us with an unquenchable thirst for the Word of God. And I'll leave you with a question posed at the Tuesday morning breakfast club. Are we thirsty for the Word of God? Church, may we thirst for the Word of God. May we thirst for Jesus and the peace that comes with it, and the forgiveness that comes with it, and the comfort, the freedom from sin. Just ask. Okay? All you got to do is ask. Jesus is saying, please ask. Come on. Just ask. Ask. If you have anything standing between you and Jesus, He'll let you know. 
Just like he did with the woman at the well. He'll let you know. He'll say, go get your husband. Go get your wife. Let's talk about your career. Let's talk about your kids. Whatever it is, he'll let you know. Just ask. If you've asked and you're ready, we'll baptize you today and you can start following Jesus. Be baptized and wash your sins away. We're going to sing this song. Um, Jerome, come on up. And remember, use this moment of worship to restore your thirst for God, your motivation to read Scripture. Let's stand and sing.